and welcome to another amazing episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Hello there. And Jeremy Gregory. Hey guys. And we've got another patron requested episode this week. We're going to be talking about Pokemon Snap for the Nintendo 64. Uh, but before we get to that, Billy, what have you been playing since our last show? Uh, I, you know, I, I think last time I spoke, I was I was up in space with a handful of games. I'm, I'm still working through the Callisto Protocol, still enjoying it. Um, it, it's definitely I'm seeing why people, you know, I, I touched on it before, uh, kind of, you know, if people wanted pure dead space, it kind of a uh, kind of rip off why they'd be disappointed. I'm seeing it more and more as I go. Still loving it, though. Um, it, it's it's definitely one of the better games I've played in a while, but it might just be because that's that's like one of those subgenres, that kind of space horror type thing. Uh, anything that, that that brings Event Horizon to mind, which is you know probably the best one of the best films ever. But this this is not a film podcast; it's a video game podcast. And I've been playing that. Um, I was actually telling telling old Jeremy Gregory uh, picked up a fancy new TV, you know, with that uh, fancy type screen and the whole 4K thing going for it, and the, the HDR business. Yeah, I'm years behind. <laughs> but uh so I had to get out control, um, which I had played through before, but I remember Jeremy telling me it's a whole new game uh once you once you you play it kind of with with modern modern day things, right? Uh so yeah, I've been playing through it again and it is just unreal. Completely unreal. Uh kind of unlike anything I've I've seen. Uh it's it's a game I've played through and played very thoroughly. But I am still so amazed with it. I'm walking through it. I'm looking at just every little detail again. So I, I've been playing those two mostly. Um, it was a pleasure playing uh, the game we're reviewing now. Um, you know, it's 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 definitely one of those that I, I dedicated a good chunk of time to as well. Uh, so that's about it. Um, little things here and there. Call of Duty a little bit here and there. Started Cuphead again because, you know, the whole fucking self-hatred I have for myself. But otherwise, yeah, that's been about it. Have you finished Cuphead before or no? I did. I, I, um, I did, but I wasn't too... <laughs> the last thing uh, took me forever. Yeah. Absolutely forever. I have not done the DLC, though. Uh, the DLC is uh, very good. Yeah, I, I played through on the Switch, played it to, to the end. Uh, I've got, I, I have it on Xbox. I, I'm playing through it with the DLC. They have both of them, you know, for cheaper than I could get the DLC on the Switch by itself. So, you know, what the fuck? And I wanted to play through again anyway. Um, but yeah, I, it's, I'm enjoying it as much as you can, which means I'm hating it too. Well, I, I would say if you're having problems with it, my nine-year-old son has beaten Cuphead and the DLC. He can give you some tips. He's, he's very good at it. Um, I mean, I, I finished Cuphead. My, I, I beat the DLC with him. I haven't played it by myself, uh, but but we played two-player and got through it. So it, it it's great. I mean, the DLC, if you like the game, I can't imagine not liking it. But um, I, I did not play any Cuphead uh, at all. I've been playing uh, a ton of the game we're going to play talk about today. But, uh, you know, I was playing through the Pikmin games, like I said before. I'm now on Pikmin 2. I'm doing all the challenges to try to get perfects on the challenges, which I have not succeeded in yet. And then I'll move on to Pikmin 3. But then I'll need to start another series uh, to catch up for that to get ready. So, you know, I'm, I'm playing the Pikmin games to get ready for Pikmin 4. And I'm going to do the same thing later on this year uh, to play through Metroid Prime 1, 2, and 3. I've, 
never played two or three, really, uh, but I have the trilogy, so I'm going to play through all those to get ready for Metroid Prime 4, which I guarantee will not hit this year, but they haven't said it won't be here this year, so I'm going to pretend it will, and we'll see what happens. Uh, but, but also, on our Discord, uh, we set up like a score challenge game. I, I don't know why. Well, I know why, because I like that sort of thing. Uh, so we kind of did a test run right before Christmas with... Um, Balloon fight. We just did game C, the one where it's kind of like the endless, mm. endless um, Flappy Bird style, you know, balloon fight, dodge the spikes thing. Uh, I lost that miserably. And then we thought, okay, what's next? What's another good idea? So we've been playing classic Tetris, the Game Boy original Tetris, uh, which if you haven't played the original Tetris in a long time, I'll tell you, uh, I'm spoiled by things like the hold piece and yes. uh, T-spins, which I don't use on purpose, but when I do need them, it's wonderful to have them. And uh, and things like how when you land the piece on, on like in Tetris 99, for example, a piece can hit another piece and then you have a second to kind of rotate it a bunch before it it firms up and stays as whatever it should be uh the game boy does none of those things it's just brutal and the rng for what pieces come down is as mean as can possibly be you'll never get that straight piece when you want it uh and so i also uh, that 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 score challenge just ended uh on our discord i i did not win that either i believe geek bro uh won both those challenges and i think we're going to start with the original arcade donkey kong next uh so if you're bored and like that sort of thing our discord will have those sort of challenges and you can watch me slam my head against them also on twitch but that, that's really what I'm playing a lot of other than this game. But Jerry, what have you been playing? I have, well, right now we're at the tail end of a three-day weekend. Uh, it's Martin Luther King Day. And, and I have spent the majority of this weekend just really plowing through God of War. I, I started it back in, you know, when it came out and really got sidetracked with, with everything that happened to me. And uh, was, was kind of waiting on, on a minute to finally get back into it and really put some time into it. Because that's the way I like to play that game it's it's one of those games where you sit down and start playing it you just you just want to keep playing it and the first half of that game and i i gotta say the first this this is a long ass game the first half of this game is like what eight nine ten hours it's 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 a while and it was certainly not hitting me as as hard as as that first god of war did i've i've mentioned it before when i first started talking about it and i was kind of wondering if it ever was but i've i've kind of gotten over it, it's not going to be that first game, you know, that, that last one. And it's just going to be its its own thing. It's got other things to focus on. The story really isn't focused on Kratos. It's, it's about his friends and their relationships and stuff like that. And once you get past that, and once you get past that first half of the game, where it starts to finally introduce a, a much more interesting storyline and, and how everybody's kind of interacting with each other, then it gets really, really, really good. I, it's like all the um the different combat options open up, all the different characters open up and it's it's just incredible. And I'm trying my best to finish that up this week. But when I went to look to see how far I was because I was like I got to be like 3 fourths of the way done with this game. I've been playing it for like months at this point. I'm I'm like I'm halfway through. So I've got I've got a ways to go and I just need to really really get to it because i want to i want to finish this one i I got some other ones that i want to finish i'm trying to do better this year at actually finishing games that i've bought which is is no easy task as you get older but damn it i'm gonna try and and god of war is gonna be the first game well i've only played the original god of war i liked it but i've never gone to the others i think i have 
the, the last one, not the current, not, not the most recent one, I think, but whatever was free on, on PlayStation for one month. So I've got that to play someday. I'll get to it. But those kind of games, I, I enjoy them. When I play them, I get really into them. And I never, ever want to go back to them. So, um, you know, which is probably good because I, I like talking about games people do want to go back to or at least have us talk about games they used to love. And we're going to do that right now as we talk about Pokemon Snap for the N64. at the start of the show this is a patron request and that patron is here with me today divine hobbit welcome to the show hey how you doing i'm doing great this was a, a fun game for me uh, unsurprisingly as it's an n64 game and a pokemon game uh, i had no experience with this until this podcast i'm assuming this is something you enjoyed a lot when it was new or maybe you just pulled this game out of a hat why did you pick pokemon snap for us to cover this was actually uh my first pokemon game my dad had found it at a pawn shop and that was, uh, we, he brought it home and he was like, yeah, you like watching this here. Let's play. So you were already a fan of the Pokemon like cartoon show or, or the cards, or this was like, this was your first experience with Pokemon in general. Well, we would watch the show like early in the mornings when it would come on. Cause it would come on like WB or something like that in my area. But like, I didn't have access to any of the games or anything until he had found this. Did you know about the games, and, and did you expect something more in the line of a standard Pokemon game, or did you have really no idea? You just knew the characters, and you were like, oh, cool, a game like the show I watch on TV. Yeah, I just I just thought it was a show. I didn't know there were games until he had found this. So did you go on and try the, the other Pokemon games and, and a more standard Pokemon adventure? I know we haven't covered any of those, but uh, but there's you know plenty of standard Pokemon games and card games and everything else. Have you gone back and after this game and the show to, to find those games, or is this literally like, nope, this is it, this is my only Pokemon experience, and I don't want to change it? Uh, actually, we I found a copy of Yellow later on after this and had went on and played it, and that kind of set off the whole love for the mainstream series. So if you could pick one thing about Snap that you want to make sure that we talk about, you're like, oh, this is why I love Snap. This is the thing. What would that be? How relaxing and calm it is. This was very much like a comfort game. Like I would get agitated playing something else. Like another one my dad loved to play all the time was Army Men, Sarge's Heroes, and that is unbeatable in any fashion on the n64 <laughs> and i would get mad at that and i would just switch back to this and i would just play over and over coasting down the beach or going through the cave or something did you manage to collect to take photos of all the pokemon in the game i have not yet for the purpose of this this recording but i've got a lot of them did you manage to play this enough where you caught everything yes a couple of times because at one point i think you have to do it to unlock the secret level Cool. The Rainbow Mew Road. I think you have to collect all of them, or maybe it's just all the signs you have to collect. I'm not sure. Well, I'm sure we'll find out. I clearly didn't do it, but hopefully Billy and Jeremy did. I definitely know uh, know how to get it, but I didn't do it myself. So well, I'm sure we'll find out if either of them managed to do it as well uh, during this podcast. And if this is a game they've never played before like me, or if this is one they've played many, many times. I know that uh, in general, we're not Pokemon people. I think we're all slightly older than the, the target audience when Pokemon came out, but we've all played them over the years. Uh, but this was one for me, at least, that was totally new. So I do appreciate when I get a game I've never played before. Um, I guess, do you have anything else 
that you'd want to talk about for Pokemon Snap at all? Is there something you, you really didn't like about it, or is there something else notable about this game? The speed. The speed was always a really big problem, because, like, how he just coasts, and even when you get the speed boost later on towards the end, like, it just it speeds you up too fast, and you end up missing a lot. Well, even at the regular speed, there there are different, you know, Pokemon you're trying to capture that do fly by pretty quick. You got to know where they are. I had to go do a couple passes to find some of them, uh, even on the early levels. So uh, I, I definitely understand if you sped it up, how that might be a problem, even though the levels are long enough, you want that speed boost uh, if you're looking for one or two specific things. But um, no, this was this was neat. I, I like the way it, it kind of unfolds the new levels for you. It's not just like, oh, yeah, you beat this level. and Here's a new one. You beat this level. Here's a new one. You finish this level. Here's a new one. Like you, you have to unlock them by some pretty clever ways, which I thought was pretty neat. So uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about all those as we go on. Uh, thank you very much for uh, for bringing this on. Is there anything else you'd like to say at all? Maybe not even about Pokemon Snap, but anything else you're uh, you, you want to let the listeners of Retrovaniacs know? Uh, nothing really. Uh, I'm enjoy the podcast. I'm glad you guys gave me the opportunity to come on and uh, be a part of the podcast and uh, just keep doing what you guys do. All right. Well, thank you very much, and thank you for coming on. And now we'll find out what everybody else thinks about Pokemon Snap. So we've only really covered the Pokemon card game on this show. We've never played a, a standard Pokemon game for here. Uh, and we're going to continue that trend by covering another non-standard Pokemon game. Uh, right now, I had never played Pokemon Snap, unsurprisingly. Uh, again, it was an N64 game. I didn't really play a lot of N64 games when they were new because the N64 was my brother's and he was at college half the time. So, you know, other than the games that everybody had or multiplayer games, I didn't have a ton of N64 experience. Also, not a big Pokemon guy. The only Pokemon game I had played until we played for this podcast until my kids were into Pokemon was the original Pokemon Blue. So uh, mm. I had no interest in playing this when it was new. Uh, it looked like a, a, a kid's game. You know, simple kids game. I wasn't really interested, but did either of you guys put time into pick po- oh, into Pokemon Snap man. before uh, before this podcast? I put uh, t- t- numerous hours into this game uh, when it first came out. Uh, it comes with a little bit of backstory. My 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 son when he was born had a lot of health issues. Um, one of those involved him needing to be fed like every two hours, and I don't mean feed him. You know, he gets done eating two hours later, wake him up. If he gets up and starts eating at 12, if he gets done eating at 1.30, because it was super slow, you had to start again at 2. So essentially, you didn't sleep. You did the whole not sleeping thing, nodding off. I had a little recliner, prop him up in, and I had two games on my Nintendo 64. We had just moved that I had unpacked at that moment. One was WrestleMania 2000. The other one was fucking Pokemon Snap. And I put so many hours into this. I, I don't know if i put a lot of daytime hours into it uh it, it was usually a lot of am hours but it just became one of those games that i i would play through all night and kind of a half half in half out days and during the day i would even be just you know thinking about what i could do different when i played through again uh we'll, we'll explain kind of the mechanics but basically you know what, what i could do different to get a get better pictures the next time around the, I, it was it was on my mind uh, you know, because I think for about a month there, I was just in a, oh, in a, in a daze, probably half out of it, permanently for a month solid. So Pokemon Snap was was big, big with me when it otherwise may not have been. Uh, I, I can't tell you under different circumstances how much I would have played it 
Uh, but it, it it's one of those games that hit just at the right time. And you just, you have a lot of memories tied to it. I never sought it out myself because I was never that big of a Pokemon fan, but my cousin was. And he ended up renting it, renting it one weekend. And I was just like, what, what is this? You know, is it just a, a Pokemon game? He's like, no, you take pictures. And that just didn't register in my mind because games like that didn't exist. Uh, you know, I'm I'm actually a, a big fan of, of taking pictures and, and stuff like that. I've got a huge, you know, real life album and turning that on and playing it. I was like, holy shit, you know, this is this is just a photography game. And <laughs> like for better or worse, there's rarely been games like that over the years. I think there's been a few here and there, but like, you know, not just like taking screenshots or anything like that, but actually using the camera, lining up the shots, trying to get certain, um, you know, things in the shot and doing it just right. And and that's always been the challenge of photography in real life. And to see that actually put into a game, whether it was Pokemon or not, was pretty novel to me. So once I got into it and, and started playing it that weekend, I was pretty hooked you know, there's sadly there wasn't much to last beyond that weekend, but what I did play, I, I have fond memories of it. Well, this would have come out in 1999, uh, a year after Pokemon hit in the U.S. So Pokemon Red and Blue would have come out in 1998. Uh, Yellow was going to come out, I guess, later on uh, in, in 1999. So, you know, Pokemon Snap was kind of hitting right when Pokemon took off in the U.S. Like it was huge. I remember from working at, at uh, Electronics Boutique at the time that you know, the games themselves were fairly popular. The cards were out of control. Like, if we got cards in, people were, you know, calling every morning to see if we got them in that day. They'd buy the whole box. Like, like that was, the, the Pokemon cards were more crazy than the games. But the games still sold really well. And that, that's, again, why I had played Pokemon Blue to see, like, why is everyone excited about this? And I was like, oh, it's like a little kid's role-playing game. Great. Uh, but I had never tried Snap because, you know, you can look at the back of the box and be like, yep, this is a bright, cartoony um, you know, not not a standard Pokemon game. It does not look like it's, you know, I knew from reading in, in magazines that it was more or less like on rails, so I wasn't that interested in it, uh, which is a shame because playing it for this podcast, I found this to be an incredibly fun little relaxing, <laughs> like, diversion. It, it's, it's, it's set up so that you are traveling through this 3D landscape, but again, it's on rails, so you don't control what direction you move. You just can kind of spin the camera around uh, to, to see what Pokemon are there. And so it's like you'll walk along the first level's um, the beach that it starts with. So you'll be walking along, or riding along in this little cart on the beach, and you'll see, oh, there's Pikachu off to the side. And if, and if you can take pictures of him, he'll do little poses and stuff. And if you can get the right pose, you know, you, you want to take as many pictures as you can, because at the end of each level, you'll get graded on the kind of picture you have for each Pokemon you find, meaning that essentially it's just like the Game Boy games that you're capturing all the Pokemon, but you're capturing pictures of the Pokemon, and each time you take a picture of the same uh, what species, I don't know if that's the right term, of Pokemon, you can only keep one of each in your photo book. So if you take 25 pictures of Pikachu, you got to pick the one you like the most, and then the, the professor at the end will grade it and give you a score. It's it's the simplest idea for a game. Like when we had this as, a, as an episode, I was like, I don't know how we're going to talk about this for very long because it's a very simple game, but there's a lot of little things I think we can discuss, but it's, you know, at its core, you're, you're, it's a, it's a rail shooter, but instead of actually shooting anything, you're just taking pictures at the start. Now, you do get to do a few more things as the game goes on, but at least when you first start the game in the beach, you literally have, you know, you can move around with a thumbstick, you can zoom in your camera with a Z button, and then you use your A button to take pictures. Other than that, there's nothing else you can do uh, as you first start the game other than try to capture pictures of as many Pokemon that are there 
as you possibly can. And every time you go through the course, because you can go through the same course over and over again, the same Pokemon are in the same places. Uh, it's not like every time you go through, there's a random Pokemon, you know, oh, this time I've got, you know, Squirtle or whatever. Instead, it's, it's always the same Pokemon in the same spots. Now, again, later on, you earn the abilities to kind of modify what Pokemon are doing to some level to kind of trigger events. But other than that, I mean, it's it's more or less just, yeah, run through, try to be the best photographer you can. And I actually found that to be be pretty fun, a lot more fun than I expected. It really comes off as almost just like a, you know, a, a carnival ride or something. It's, you are in a fixed position. Uh, you're in like this Pokemon cart thing being dragged along on a rail and and you're just looking around. But it sounds dead. It is dead simple, but Nintendo did such a good job with these courses uh, and maps that there's so much happening around you, and there's so much that you can actually miss. You know, first time, first time, second time, third time that you go through, that you know that you could miss a, a certain Pokemon sticking its head out behind a rock. Uh, you could miss one interacting with another one, uh, or you know, just throwing your Pokeballs or something like that to make them interact. Like it's it's not like you just roll through one and you've seen everything. You really have to pay attention to everything that's around you. And it usually takes multiple times to go through those courses before you actually see everything that you can see. And even later on, whenever you get new stuff, going back through them and, and then trying to do new things with the, the newer uh, abilities that you got, it's, it's, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, so for for what they've done with a very simple game, there's there's a little bit more to it than just sitting there, you know, pressing a button. Yeah, I, I think one of the immediate things that hits me is that it just it it brings back to me kind of that charm Pokemon had when it first came around, and it it was brand new. Uh, you're you're going back to simpler times. Uh, this is the from the original 151. I think there are 60, 60 some, sixty two or sixty three. For some reason, Nintendo resisted the urge to put in 64 of them. Uh, <laughs> Pokemon throughout the thing. It's all the originals. So it's it's going back now. Uh, it, it definitely uh, is is a big throwback. Because uh, nowadays, I don't know how many there are now. A lot. Um, maybe too many. Um, I think there's one of them's a fucking chandelier. So obviously, the ideas have, have run dry. Uh, but it's much different going back. Um, and yeah, it's it's that first kind of beach, you know, kind of beach. You're you're by by the ocean. There's a little bit of a, you know, the grass grassy areas, uh, a little bit of forest type area there. And yeah, like Jeremy P said before, this is kind of fixed every time. Uh, the same Pokemon are going to be there. If you don't interrupt them, they're going to do the exact same things. So it seems like it would get kind of old. But like Jeremy said, they introduce mechanics as you go along uh that, that let you interact um sometimes a little bit indirectly sometimes very much directly and that really opens the game up first time you play through a level you'll have fun with it you know it's got a lot of charm to it uh it's it's you know kind of one of those nice relaxing games i i, I don't think at any point in time in this are you going to be going to be stressed out by by any means unless you're really just wanting to line up that perfect shot um, but it, it's very relaxing to play through and they do a good job, uh, of methods that we'll, we'll talk about as we go along to, to get you to want to keep coming back to these scenarios again. And, you know, each, each track and the, the areas are very different. They're going to also, which really helps with it also. Um, 
you know, each one has a little, uh, some secrets there, some Pokemon that maybe have their back to you the first time around, or something you might hear but can't see, or a, a rustling off in the distance uh, behind a bush and you, you can't see what's going on. Uh, so it, it definitely does a good job of keeping you wanting to come back and, and do these levels that otherwise just seem it's just dead simple and a one and done. But you will you'll see that fucking beach that you start off on. You'll see that thing many times over. And, and I don't think it ever really turns into a chore, which might be a big compliment. Well, thankfully, each level is fairly short, so it, it's a fully mm-hmm. 3D environment, and it does look very good. I mean, uh, you know, we, we talk uh, oh, yeah. fairly badly about N64 and, and like PlayStation-era 3D graphics on, on many games, and there's many times where that is true. But Pokemon Snap, partly because you're, you know, it's a fixed a fixed path, so they could render everything very well, but it, it also, it's Pokemon, it's, it's Nintendo, they put time into this thing, a developer for this was HAL Laboratories, not Nintendo themselves, but HAL Laboratories did a ton of other games, they're, they're the Kirby people, they are the Lolo people, if you're back to Nintendo area, they also did Pokemon Stadium for the N64, so they, you know, they're, they're a, a reliable Nintendo second party developer, so they, they spent a lot of time and effort to make sure this, this looks like Pokemon, and so if you like the cartoon or anything like that, this looks very, very similar, um, I mean, obviously not as clean as the cartoon, but for N64, you're, it's very impressive what it looks like. And so each of these levels is short. I mean, it's five minutes tops. I don't even think it's that. It, it may be less than that. It doesn't feel like five minutes if it is. And yes, even though you're going down the same path each time, like Billy said, you'll see something. Uh, you know, sometimes it's simple as like uh, you see something rustling in the leaves. And you're like, well, I, I know there's something there I can't see yet. Uh, eventually, something I'll, I'll, I'll get I can do about that. Or for example, in the first level, you'll drive by a sleeping Snorlax. You know what it is if you like Pokemon. But when you try to take a picture of it, it's just a question mark or whatever. And if you take a picture of 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 the question mark when you go back in to turn your photos in at the end which we'll discuss the scoring on those. Um, it doesn't let you turn it in. It just says, that's that's odd. What is that? You know, like you don't, you can't do anything with it. So later on, you get an ability to to throw these things called pester balls that annoy the enemies. And when you throw it on Snorlax, it, it'll wake up. And then you can take a picture of a woken up Snorlax that just like wakes up for a second, a couple seconds and looks around and goes back to sleep. But you can get a picture of the Snorlax once you use those balls, right? That That's a very clear... Like, you can see what it is, you know what's there, but you know there's got to be something you can do to take a picture of it. And and there's things as obvious as that. There's other things, where, like we said, the, the rustling and leaves, or you'll see, like, something funny about a wall. You're not quite sure what's going on there. And and so as after you go through these levels enough times, you do earn, um, along with new levels, you'll, you'll earn um, new abilities, like I mentioned, to get the the Pokemon to do different things. So for example, in the beach, you finish just getting to the end of the beach, taking photos of stuff. You'll get to go to the second level unlocks, which is the tunnel level. The tunnel's underground. It has different Pokemon that are in the first one. Uh, for the most part, I think there's a few carryovers, but generally it's, you know, it's different sections each time. But at the end of the tunnel, you'll notice there's kind of a side path off to the right that looks like it's covered with rubble and there's nothing you can do about it. So after you play through this level a couple times and capture all the Pokemon and get enough score, then the professor who is rates your photos at the end is like, hey, I have something for you. And he gives you an apple. The apple lets it lets you, if you're not zoomed in to take pictures, instead the A button will throw apples at Pokemon. Now, in some cases, that means if you feed it close enough to a Pokemon, it'll walk over and start eating it and sometimes do a little mm. dance or whatever, giving you better photo options. But in the case of how to open up the next level, you throw the apple at, uh, they look like these uh, electorbs, I guess. They're like these white and red exploding balls. If you hit them with something, they'll explode. So you throw an apple at one, all of a sudden it t- like starts puffing up and explodes and breaks the door open. And now you can, you know, you're, you'll see your little, 
vehicle right out of that path instead, and then it opens up a brand new level. That's how you open up the volcano level, which is exactly what it sounds like. You're riding through a volcanic area full of lava and, and again, other Pokemon to find. Each level unlocks a different way. Either it's by getting so many Pokemon captured in your, your photo book, getting such a uh, high enough score, or in the case of, of opening the volcano, you'll find a trigger in one of the previous levels by doing something uh, to, to either push a button or blow something open or whatever, and you'll get to see these other levels. There's a total of seven levels in the game. There's the beach, the tunnel, the volcano, a river, a cave, a valley, and then the very last level is the rainbow cloud, which is really kind of like the end of the game. If you count all the Pokemon you can, uh, it will unlock the ability to go to the last level, which is the rainbow cloud, to find that 63rd Pokemon, the rare 63rd Pokemon, to, to, to finish the game out and say you've caught everything. But even if that's your goal, so that's that would have been my goal, right? As a kid, my goal would have been make sure I have every Pokemon I can. Um, it means you're going to have to get fairly good rated pictures of most of the Pokemon because again there are some gates not gates but you know some some levels that are they're progressed by having so many points um, mm -hmm. after you finish a level you pick which uh, of the photos you've taken of one Pokemon or two Pokemon or whatever it'll say oh you have six po six pictures of Pikachu you have three pictures of um, Blastoise or whatever they are and you pick the one you like the most, and then the professor will rank it based on three main features. Uh, the size of the Pokemon in the picture, so how close you are to the pick to the Pokemon. Um, you know, you don't want to have just the eye of the Pokemon, but you also don't want to have it far off if you can avoid it. Even if you take a picture of a far off Pokemon, you'll get credit for it. So if your purpose is just to make sure you get credit for each Pokemon, it almost doesn't matter how ugly your photo is as long as that Pokemon's in it. But to get a good score, you need to have the Pokemon fairly large, uh, then the pose of the Pokemon. So again, if you can get the Pokemon facing you, it needs to be facing you or at least facing sort of towards you, not totally away from you. And you want to have it, if you can get it to do something. So if you can feed it and it will do a little dance or if it's interacting with another Pokemon and you can catch it in the middle of that interaction, that, that gives you a better pose, pose points. Uh, and then if you do have the Pokemon right in the middle of your picture, along with being big enough and, uh, and having a pose that's, that's facing the camera, you'll earn technique points, which doubles your entire score. You'll earn bonus points if there are more of the same kind of Pokemon in the picture. So if you're taking a picture of Charmander and there's six other Charmanders behind it, you'll get more points on that picture than you would if it was by itself. It's not as much as getting it for the size of the pose, but it's a nice bonus picture. And there's also specific Pokemon, for example, Pikachu, that if you can capture him doing certain things. So in, in one of the early levels, you can um, you can throw an, an apple at him, and when it hits him, he'll like run off and have sparks around him. Uh, and that's Speed Pikachu. If you can take a picture of Speed Pikachu, uh, it's worth an immediate bonus on top of what the regular Pikachu points are. So it's not a separate Pokemon, but it's a special picture of a Pokemon doing a specific thing that will also give you bonus points. I mean, basically, you want to try to get these Pokemon to do something interesting in the photo. You want it to be a, either smiling or, uh, you know, doing a dance or interacting with a Pokemon or breathing fire. Whatever it is this Pokemon do, you want to catch them in those in those acts to get the best the best pictures. If you can get about 2,000 points or so uh, or more on each, on each Pokemon, you should have no problem with the points uh, gates to go to the next areas if that's the situation. But really, the, the, the biggest gate is finding all the Pokemon and catching all of them, you know, getting to make sure you have a picture of each one. Because after you get the apple, the other thing I mentioned before, you get the pester ball, that will kind of, uh, if there is a Pokemon that's hidden, uh, like the ones that are in, there's like a wall, there's like a little rock movie on the side of the wall, you can throw it and like Porygon pops out, but only once you have that pester ball. You also later on get a Pokemon flute that will wake enemy, wake up uh, different Pokemon, but also cause some to do dances and do other things. So once you have all three of those things, uh, if while you're using them to go through those those environments, you can pretty much find every Pokemon fairly easily. I only spent maybe maybe three to four hours playing this, going through all the levels. I did not get to the Rainbow Cloud level, but I I, I think I have most of the Pokemon 
in a fairly good pose in that that window. It's not a long game at all. Uh, you, you get as much out of this game as you want. You kind of set your own goal as to when when it's over. Uh, you, you can go through strictly to to get a picture of each one, you know, kind of kind of get the minimum minimum needed to just add every one of those Pokemon, uh, you know, get get a picture of all 60 some in there. And that's perfectly fine. You'll like you said, you'll get a good three, four hours out of it. Um, but if you really want to, if you want to grind out those scores, if you want to throw an apple and a pester ball, play that flute for every single Pokemon in the game, it's there for you. And it just it really opens up the game from that point. You're talking about multiple run throughs of, of each level. Just you're really just seeing what you can get out of each Pokemon. You know, some will some will react to the pester ball uh, and give you a, a brand new pose or it'll it'll cause a reaction of some sort. Uh some not so much. You know, some react differently to the flute. Uh on the beach you can lure Pikachu with with the the apples to get him to jump on a, a surfboard. Um or just all kinds of things. And it it just it just depends. Just depends how deep into it you want to get. I know I I still play through and I'm still trying to actively get you know a couple more points on each picture uh, if possible and it right at this point in time I, I know the level so well I, I've got pictures of everybody but it, there is still that thrill all these years later of, of snapping a picture that it, it gets you like a hundred more points than than your previous best so this could be a game that's enjoyed in a few hours, or it's one of those that you can put a lot of time into, sink a ton of time into, if you you really, I, it, I guess it's just, it's the old kind of trying to chase a high score type thing. Uh, except it's a little more palatable for me in, in this form. It, it is really accessible for just about anybody that wants to play, because I remember the first time that I started playing it, and I mentioned I wasn't the biggest Pokemon fan, and you know, it, it just starts going and you, all you can do is look around. And this was definitely at a time when I was thoroughly growing, you know, in my teenage defiant years of being this kiddie shit sucks. And Pokemon Snap to me looked like the, the biggest baby ass game I'd ever seen. And then before I knew it, I had played through that first level six times. <laughs> and I was like, God damn it, Nintendo, you did it again. And I was I was enjoying myself, and it was because I kept wanting to experiment with all the things that was there, and and seeing what I could do, and it just it constantly kept surprising me. And I I just don't understand how this game was made. Like it's like you got to imagine N Nintendo had the hottest property that in existence at the time, and you would think for the Nintendo sixty four the the best idea or the most profitable idea would be uh you know if not a, a pokemon rpg on the 64 just like you know i don't think pokemon stadium had come out yet but that was the natural progression of letting you know your your pokemon fight in a big new 3d arena and having it look cool but at some point nintendo was like just make a photography game like it's just you don't do anything you just take pictures you got to admire nintendo's insanity because there's there's literally no one on earth that would have ever thought that and 
and when I first saw it, I was like, what, what, the, what the hell is this? But more power to them. It's, it's a pretty fun little game, no matter how much effort you want to put into it. Well, I, I think it was, I mean, depending on, this may have been something that was completely not a Pokemon related game. And all of a sudden they're like, hey, you know, we have this massive property. Let's turn this thing into a Pokemon game. It makes total sense. You're taking pictures of Pokemon. It's just like capturing them with fighting, except you're just watching them in the wild. I, I don't know. Um, it, it, it definitely feels different than the regular Pokemon games, but it, yes, I think it's more accessible. I think it was a lot more enjoyable. Like I, I played Pokemon Blue and I thought it was fun, but I, at no point was I like, yeah, this is for me. You know, I was like, I get why this would be interesting because you collect all Pokemon, but it's still really basic. I'm not really into this too much. I wanted to finish it to see what it was about, but then I was, you know, I, I never even finished it. I got through probably half the game and, and was like, yeah, I'll, I'll play this again someday. And I never did. And all the new Pokemon games that I've tried, my kids like, I, I try to play them to get into them a little bit. And I just, it's not for me. This game though, I loved. I, I had a great time playing through this because it's much more simple. It's not, it, it doesn't have the length of a Pokemon game in full. You don't have to do the repetitive combat over and over again. I felt like, each picture was worth taking. I, you know, with Pokemon, uh, the standard games, it was just to get all the, you know, to find all the Pokemon. But some of them are not good for actually using in the game. They're just, you want them to get them, but otherwise you're never going to actually use that Pokemon in combat. In this case, the point was to get a picture. So even if it's, you know, some boring, you know, caterpillar looking one, you still want to get a, the best picture you possibly can of that Pokemon. And there's less of them. You know, it's not 151 I have to get pictures of. It's only 63. And so therefore that limits me pretty quickly. Each of those areas only has 10 or 11 different Pokemon that you can capture. And and again, Pikachu is kind of in all of them. But like you mentioned in the, the beach lab, you can get them to get on a, um, on a surfboard. You can get them to run faster on one level. There's, there's a level where there are bats like carrying them around. I haven't quite figured out what to do with that, but there has to be something that makes Pikachu do something amazing. I haven't figured out yet. I mean, it's, it was neat to go through all these levels and see what I could find, what I could get them to do. Sometimes it was it was interesting to see if I could, I don't know if it's breaking the game, but I don't know how I got it to happen. I got, I threw an apple towards a Charmander and I threw just a bunch of apples. I just kept you know, wailing apples to see what would happen. And then a bunch of Charmanders like ran over it and there were probably eight or nine mm -hmm. in the picture. I got a ton of points mm -hmm. for it and it was just neat to see it. Or you can, you know, there's these eggs you can find in the levels you can try to, to knock over or break open. And that also gives you other Pokemon like there's a lot to see here, but it's not as as in-depth or as as long of a game as a standard Pokemon, which I liked. I can do one of these courses in, in five minutes. You know, take some pictures. Even if it's a Pokemon I already found, just try to get pick the best one of those I found. And I kind of liked seeing if I got more points each time. I, I, I was that person for the high score thing where I, I enjoy that. So trying to take the best possible picture I could of a, you know, a bat-shaped Pokemon whose name I don't remember. Fine. I'd love to do that. And I every time I go through, I take pictures of all of the ones I see, and I pick the best one, and I see, you know, it'll show you the one you did before. And you can kind of tell looking at them, like, oh, no, that's like a straight-on great shot of Pikachu. He's doing something. This one, he's t faced off to the side, and it's a little bit off-center. Like, you know it's not going to be worth it, but I still would turn mm. it in just in case. You never know for sure what the what the professor's going to give you. I mean, you, you kind of know, but you still don't really know. So it was fun to give it to... To, to, to just go through those early levels over and over again to see if I could get the best possible picture. Uh, especially because after, I think it's after the river, to open up the next, uh, no, after the volcano to open up the next one, you had to get so many points. Uh, and so then it was a matter of going back to those early levels and, and finding Pokemon in my, in my book where it's like, oh, I only got 200 points for taking a picture of this Pokemon because it was in the corner of the shot and it was, you know, not doing anything interesting to go back and like, what do I have to do to get these Pokemon to be the best photo I can? What, you know, do I have to hit it with an apple? Do I have to distract it with the other thing? Some Pokemon I, uh, in the, the cave level, there are these um, Jigglypuffs being chased by 
these these coughing, which look like kind of like smoking rocks almost. And you have to you have to throw apples at the coughings to stun them. And then the the jigglypuffs will run off. And when you get to the end of the level, they're all sitting there singing music and and doing a little dance. And you can take pictures of that and get tons of points. Like it's all those little hidden things I really enjoyed that I would. I, it, it, I don't know how you'd get that to properly work in in the original Pokemon games, but it works really well on this, and and I enjoyed it for that. Now, the, now you've got your nice new pictures, um, and I know you guys uh, either didn't play it at the time or weren't as enthused. Uh, so I, I I don't know whether or not you you spend any time at your local Blockbuster to Pokemon Snap Station. Any chance? Well, as I never played it until now, no. Damn. Jeremy, Jeremy Gregory, I, did you let your pride to the side to be seen in front of one of those? You ever like hear something that just <laughs> awakens part of your brain that you haven't even thought of in like 20 yeah. years? That that literally just happened to me right now. Like, <laughs> uh, I, I remember that. I didn't do it, but yeah. my cousin wanted to. He he really wanted to go in and, and get his uh, pictures mm-hmm. printed off or whatever the hell it did. Yeah. But uh, I, I thought that was a, a, a pretty neat idea. Yeah. Most, uh, not most, but, but block, I think it was blockbusters only, um, had these little stations, basically these little yellow and blue kiosks you walk up to, um, you, you insert your cartridge into, and you're able to print out, uh, I can't, I can't tell you how many you're able to, uh, maybe 12 or 16 pictures. And they come out on this little sticker sheet, uh, your, your pictures from in game and blown away. I, I, I was just so so fascinated with that at the time like That's I, awesome that you have something physical to 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 show you know for for a video game and and it's it, it works doubly because it's a game about taking pictures and now you have a physical form of of that picture uh, which is was tremendous um i, I there is actually a game store a, a decent drive from me that still has a working one um, I, I do have all the intentions in the world of, of giving that a go again one day. But yeah, that was 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 something neat. I, I can't say I've ever seen anything else like it since then. Um, I, it's always it's always a bit of a letdown because I, I don't think a lot of people either knew about it or a lot of people got into this game uh, much later on. And, and obviously, you know, you're, you're not going to be sauntering in the blockbuster to begin with right now. Let alone is that machine going to be there? I think they're online now. You'll see them being sold off here and there, fetching fetching several thousand. But yeah, that was a that was, that was a, a neat little thing um, that that Nintendo. Re- I don't know if it was deemed not very successful or profitable uh, because nothing ever nothing like that ever occurred again. Well, that, that's a very Nintendo thing. They like to put out a peripheral oh, yeah. or something like this, and then it's like, oh, this is going to be the future of stuff, and then it just goes away. I mean, just like. The, the the scanner you would put those little cards through that was on the 3DS. I had one of those. I thought that was really cool. Or, you know, even link cables. I mean, all the stuff that they put out, it was like, oh, this is going to be the future of Nintendo. And then nothing, you know, nothing. even starting from Rob. It's just the way Nintendo was. So I'm not surprised that this was only made for Pokemon Snap, was only in Blockbuster. I'm sure that was, that That honestly sounds awesome. Like that's, that's really cool that that was existing. I don't, I never would have used it at the time, but now I wish I would have. I wish I would still have some of those sheets because that sounds awesome. Um, but no, I, I did not know that, uh, that that was even a thing. Uh, I'm going to have to find a video of that and, <laughs> and check that out somewhere. Um, so basically this game is is just capturing all the Pokemon, right? There's nothing else to this as far as like there's no there's no like unlockable boss fights. It's just taking pictures of Pokemon 
and getting that last Pokemon level to take take a picture of the last Pokemon. And that's it. It's great. Um, th- there are no... Well, there's plenty of sequels to this game because it's a Pokemon game. This this came out in 1999. There's been a new Pokemon game over a few years. Uh, until this year, I guess last year, Pokemon Snap for the Switch came out. It's a brand new game, although this version of Pokemon Snap you can play on the Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pack. But did either of you try the brand new Switch Pokemon Snap? While I have been playing a lot of the 64 one on the Switch, and I'm such a gigantic fan, I, I, I haven't. I, I have not got hold of the new one yet. I, I can't tell you what's stopping me. Uh, it's not that I'm not interested in it. I think there's just so many other games right now. And, you know, the, the price point, I don't know. Because it's uh, I, I imagine it's not going to be very, very extensive. Uh, but I, I, it's one of those I'm going to play uh, for some reason. And I and I've looked at it, man. I have eyeballed that thing in stores and and on the the eShop. Uh, but I, I always go back to the original. I, I have played even before we reviewed it for this. I, I'd been playing it on the Switch, the the original version. And I don't know. I I, I think that there's slight concerns on my end that this is uh, you, lightning is not going to strike twice with it. I don't know. There's a little magic there because, like I said, there's so many memories and all tied to that original, that I, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy the other one as much. I'm going to play it one day. I, I did not, but I watched reviews of it when, when it did come out. and It, it seemed to get overall decent reviews, but I, I, some of the people knocked it for it just adding more and being more complicated than what the 64 version was. And I guess, you know, when, when you think about it, it kind of has to be uh, because the 64 version was just so bare bones with, with what it did have. So they tried to add, throw in some some other stuff in there to give it some more replayability or playability, and I I just don't I don't think I want that from Pokemon Snap. You know, we talk about relaxing games a lot on this channel, and I, this is one of the more relaxing games that you can actually play. Like it's it's very much just a sit sit down on a ride and go through and look at pretty visuals and and weird Pokemon doing crazy shit. You know, it's. It's a good time. I, Jeremy mentioned it's just a relaxing game, and if you put, if you add more stress to that, then I'm I'm out. That's that's not what I'm wanting for my Pokemon Snap. Yeah, the stress is just trying to get the right pose or catch one Pokemon. You know, jumps in the the, the screen at one moment. You know, you, you, but it's not that stressful because it's the same every time you do it. So as long as you know how to trigger it, the next time you go through, you should have no problem doing it. Um, yeah, I, I have not tried the new one. I, I guess I'll give it a shot at some point. If my kids get more into it, I, I'll probably try it if they want it. <laughs> That's how I try all the other Pokemon games. But uh, but either way, if you have a way to play this, which again, it's been on the Wii Virtual Console, the Wii U Virtual Console, and now it's on the Switch Online Expansion Pack with other N64 games, there's not much else like it. So give it a try, and thank you, Divine Hobbit, for recommending it. Uh, it's It's been fun. So that's our thoughts on Pokemon Snap, a patron-requested game by Divine Hobbit. Again, thank you for requesting that game. And if you want to cover, let's try again, if you want us to cover your game, the best way to do that is to go to our Patreon, join our Patreon at the $10 level, will force us to cover a game of your choice, but you also get three free bonus episodes of this podcast every month that are not available on this feed for any patron uh, at $5 or higher. Uh, again, I think if you like this show, it's probably worth your time to at least check it out. And again, for this month, uh, up until the, the 1st of February, you can join it to check it out uh, at that $5 rate. 
listen to some episodes, and then as long as you unsubscribe by February 1st, you will not get billed. That's not the normal deal. That's just the deal this month uh, because we did not charge for, for January. So, uh, you know, if you're interested, this is the time. Again, I'd love to get to 100 patrons this year, uh, and if it means doing that this month, uh, great. But otherwise, if you're also looking for us on YouTube or Twitter or anywhere else, the best place to find that is at Retrovania.net, which has links to all of our social media sites and that Patreon. But most importantly, at the very bottom of that page, if you scroll all the way down, there is a question form where patron or not, you can send a question in and put your information in, put your name in. It will come to us and we'll answer on the show like we will right now. And that is true. I don't know if you guys are ready for some mail. Mm-hmm. Billy, are you ready for some mail? Yeah, I'm always ready for some mail. All right. You got well, more than one mail for me, I hope. I got a big coffee. Um, I'm ready to go. Yes, we've, we've got several mail to go, but I do want to do some quick housekeeping real quick because this has come up every now and again. Um, if you do want to join us on Patreon and, you know, we're talking about these three extra episodes that you get per month, it does not appear on this feed. I know I shouldn't have to say that, but it, it doesn't just magically show up on this feed. It is a separate feed that you can access through our Patreon. We also have a um, link that you can put in. Some podcast apps allow you to do this, like uh, Apple Podcasts allows you to do it. And uh, I, I can't remember some other ones. But if you listen on Spotify or things like that, you can't do it. Um, it. It will not allow you to put that link in to access that feed. It's either you listen to it on, on Patreon or you get something that is capable of putting in a custom uh, podcast feed. So just wanted to throw that out there because we have had a few questions about that in the past few months as more people are joining the Patreon. Um, I, I will say, if you are mm-hmm. listening to this podcast only through Patreon, the Patreon app for, I have it for iPhones, but any any phones, uh, Android or, or Apple, the, um, the Patreon app is actually very easy to use. You can download the podcast just like you would normally or stream it directly off there. If you belong to multiple different Patreons, do the same thing. Uh, you can get all the shows in one feed. I mean, I, it's not as great as having it all in one app, but it it's not bad if you have a regular podcast app that does not allow you to put in those RSS feeds. Yes, yeah, so uh, just just throwing that out there for everybody, uh, giving them a heads up. Uh, also, I just want to throw out there that I lied uh, <laughs> at the end of the last year. Yeah. I mentioned we we did this uh, email thing or big question thing and said that we had actually caught up. Well, apparently our site and the way they do messages, whenever you do send in your question via the best contact form ever. It used to actually go to my email address along with on the on our little front end for the website that we use. Uh, at some point, it just stopped doing that. So uh, at, now I have a bunch of email or questions that appeared on the site that didn't actually come through on my phone. And oh. so I found several that were are still from last year, and we're actually going to start off with one of them. And uh, this is from Hugh Janus, and he's oh, wanting to know about Thanksgiving games. So we're just going to pretend that it's just a few days before Thanksgiving. The uh, the turkey's in the oven. You know, we're looking forward to all these great foods and, and getting these great Thanksgiving-related questions. It's that time of year where all of your insufferable <laughs> relatives... Get together and shovel excess amounts of food down their gullets and spout bigoted nonsense, much much to your chagrin. That's right. It's gobble gobble. Thanksgiving times, boy. Thanksgiving time, boys. It sure is. 
With that being said, if you were trying to get them to stop talking, arguing, making their case for how the earth is flat and COVID isn't real, what modern game would you show them and have them take turns at? Don't be generic and say we bowling. I mean modern, modern games. Just for fun, what would be the worst game that you could show to them and really get the mood of the room in a bad way? Well, I mean, you could put on that uh, that Rings of Power. That'll get everyone clear the room out. That's, that's Jeez, a bad one. You could. You um, could put on Rings of Power. My God. I think, you know, I, I it's modern enough. I know it, it has some years on it now, but I just, I have found that even people that don't consistently play video games, fucking love that damn Rayman Legends. That has been a, a, a good one for... Uh, we've we've had it around here at the house, and people that don't usually chip in, they'll chip in. I, I you know I would say one of the Jackbox games, but I don't think that quite it doesn't quite count. Rayman Legends, I think, is definitely one of those. It, it's not the usual like yeah, you would say oh Wii Sports or or like Mario Kart, something like that. Smash to a lesser extent, uh, but a game a game like Rayman Legends, I think, is great. Um, I, one of my answers encompasses both. Um, how do you how do you make things extraordinarily off-putting, but at the same time, how do you get people to sit down and play? And that'd be overcooked, one or two, or all you can eat, uh, because it's going to start off nice. Everybody's going to have a good time. Uh, then I'm going to get really fucking mad at people oh, not yeah. pulling their weight in the goddamn <laughs> kitchen, and the house is going to be empty pretty soon. Which hey, that's it's a win-win. Um, no, I, I I think overcooked somehow fits both of those. Yeah, Overcooked's a great choice to start with, but you're right. Like, four levels in, it becomes a blood fest. But I still yeah. liked it. It's a, it's a good time. I think Mario Kart's a, a, an easy answer. I could have been a smartass and said, well, you know, the new Switch uh, sports collection's great. But that, you know, that's essentially said not to do. We just got that for Christmas, so I've actually been playing that. But uh, I know it's not recent, but I think something that would have been more fun and would have been a better way to spend time with people you could trade around is to put in something like Point Blank. Point Blank 1 and 2, if you have a TV that can run it and can set it up, that's like the most fun bit of mini games that anyone can play if you know how to point a gun. It's great fun. Like, that would be the most amazing way to, to break it up. But yeah, otherwise, uh, bad bad wise, yeah, just put on some something that, an 8-bit RPG of some kind, and, and everyone's just going to leave the room, not want to talk to you, you get left alone. I would say, if I wanted to actually have fun with people, I, I would go with the, the Jackbox party games that's one of those things where everyone can just use their phone to play. And, and most of those games on those collections are just hilarious, you know, and no matter who you're playing with, it's something that's super accessible. Everybody can sit there and draw their own dick on their phone. And, you know, it's, it's fun. Cause it's just, there's a ton of variety and it, there's no skill required to play besides maybe just being drunk. Um, if I really wanted to just laugh at everybody else, then I'd, you know, break out, break out the PSVR. Uh, that's that's fun for the person that's playing, and it's also fun for the people watching. Just because mm -hmm. I don't, I, you've seen people play VR games. You look absolutely ridiculous <laughs> when you play VR games. Yeah, no, there's no way cool. to go about it. It's just it's yeah. in, completely impossible. Um, as far as bad games, as you're clearing out the room, it, it's not a bad game. But just going by my ex girlfriend, I just you know <laughs> pop in Persona Five, and I'm sure. <laughs> that I would be alone within a minute. So that's what I'm going to go with. But uh, thanks for writing in, Hugh Janus. Uh, have a great Thanksgiving and a, a happy holiday. Next question comes in from David Fett, and he's wanting to, 
He's wanting to know about, uh, oh, a retro nerd here. Okay, I couldn't read my own notes. <clears throat> I never really got into podcasts, but I've recently stumbled upon your show, and may I just say that I'm hooked. I really enjoy listening to video game music at work, and now I listen to you guys while I work as well. I just finished your episode on Dino Crisis, Crisis, which I am currently replaying. I really enjoy how you guys break down a game and you say what you like and what you dislike, and I really just enjoy listening to you guys. I'm now a fan. Well, thank you, David Fett, for actually listening to us and writing in and uh, yeah. stroking our ego. We, we always need our ego stroked. Oh, always, because, I mean, God knows. We, we spend enough time during the week at work and home getting getting broke down and brought back down to earth. Thank you for, <laughs> for sending us back up into the clouds, if only briefly. I mean, that's basically what we use this podcast for. Otherwise, you know, God only knows where we'd be at this point. Uh, but yeah, thanks for writing in. Uh, hope, you're, hope you stay listening. Next question comes in from Burger Champ's Unsolicited Political Opinions. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> He's writing to say, hey, guys, I was listening to an older episode and heard a few mentions from Billy about Mag on PS3. You bet you did. I didn't know if any of you have played Planet Side 2 on PS4 or PC, oh. but it is very similar. You can have up to 2,000 players on each map, and it features simultaneous small arms, land, air, and sea vehicular combat. So might scratch that same itch. There's also some light base building. P.S. What them toes do? I one of those I'm not going to answer. Um, one of those answers is unlocked at a higher Patreon tier we've yet to put out. Um, the other, you know, the difference, the only problem, it doesn't quite scratch that itch because Planet Side 2 is a good game. Um, whereas Mag was uh, just, you know, it, it Mag was never going to win any, it was never going to win the race, but you're going to cheer it along the entire way. It's uh it's just something like I, there aren't many words for it because i don't think there is anything quite like it like yes you do have the the massive uh maps with with tons of players on them that's that's old hat at this point in time um but it's just there there was so much to it and i think it was just the time and i i don't think plant side two has a uh has a, a kill streak reward of a, a guitar riff either I could be wrong. And if they do, and if I get three kills in a row and that fucking heavy metal guitar starts up, then we, I might look into it a bit more. But yeah, Plant Side 2, I, I did enjoy my time with. Good game, but it's just Mag just, just has something special to it that I, I don't think is going to be reproduced. I had not played Mag, Mag or this. So. Oh, yeah. Well, not too many people did. Don't worry. <laughs> But it's Planet Side is, is very good. I used to actually play Planet Side One back in the day, and Planet Side Two is, is is still good. But there's one thing Mag did that a lot of these games that just want to throw a whole lot of players on a giant mm -hmm. ass map did that it, it's it's genius. So what what was it like sixty four by sixty four as far as teams uh, go? I think you could go one hundred and twenty eight. Okay, Eight. so for the biggest map, okay. But instead of just throwing everybody everywhere and giving you multiple yes. spawn points. Mm -hmm. You were separated into smaller mm -hmm. areas that were mm -hmm. focused. So it yeah. wasn't just running forever across the map. It would always put you in that area and have a direct objective mm -hmm. up in front of you. 
and it was perfect for that kind of game. I do not know why games these days have not done that. Battlefield 1 was the closest that come to it with its, um, I forget what they called it, but it was it, that was still very focused, but not quite mm-hmm. in the same way that Mag was almost the opposite. Mm-hmm. It was like a, a horizontal slice instead of going forward. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Mag, that was, that was the best thing about it. And I, I wish more more games could learn from the genius of mag as mm-hmm. well as having a, an awesome guitar riff whenever you got yeah. a, a killing streak. I didn't and need I a nuke. More... I didn't need a nuke. Hell no. I need more parachuting in so I can be picked off and, <laughs> and immediately have to respawn and parachute in again oh, and just hope this time I make it. Oh, that was that you want to talk about stress. Getting getting low on on reinforcements and and having a parachute <laughs> in and it, it everybody is just teeing off on those dudes parachuting in. You just see the bullets around you, people just you know getting hit and falling down right next to you. It's it's stressful, but man, it's it was a lot of fun. It was it was really great. But yeah, thanks uh, thanks a lot for your unsolicited political opinion, Burger Champ. Mm-hmm. And our next question comes in from Phil McCracken, and he Again. wants to. Uh, what again phil mccracken wrote us last week oh well he's back again because this is one of those old letters that i didn't get to so i feel bad but he's wanting to talk talk about blowing shitty games out of an airlock all right scenario you're going to be stuck on a space shuttle for a year by yourself aside from all the personal belongings food etc that you'll need you're allowed to bring three games with you. Now, this isn't necessarily what games you'd want to, on a desert island scenario where you, where the return home is indefinite, your ass is going to be back in about 365 days. So based off of that, what would you want to play for that time frame and why? Bonus question, and for the good of all mankind, what three shitty games would you blow out of an airlock toward the sun? Let's just pretend that this is a payload of every copy version code of that game, and it's gone forever. We're all counting on you. You are our only hope. Godspeed. What was the first part? If you could, the, you, you'd be in space okay. for a year, so you can have three okay. games with you, but those are the only three games you can play for a year. But it's not the matter of mm. like you're on an island so that for the rest of your life you might only have three games. This is You know you have a year okay. uh, and a lot of time, I guess. So <laughs> what three games would you bring? What three man? That, that's tough. Um, it, it's it is a little more merciful than the the being stuck on an island thing because it's a year. Um, I would have to bring a, a game I play every year, which is a you know Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past. It's got to come along. Uh, that that's just one I can sit down and and kind of endlessly have fun with. Um, oh God, I would have to go with uh, fucking Mario Kart Eight also. Um, that just even solo, uh, just a really enjoyable game. Just one of those, just you can hang back with. And and uh, hell, I would have some, some pretty fucking good times on the time trials at that point. And then I'd have to go. I'd, I'd just have to go to Stardew Valley because I gotta get a little fishing in. Damn it, I gotta, I gotta get some crops. I've got to interact with somebody, even if it's just within that town. Uh, those those would probably be the three. And, and, and you know, we're talking games low stress. Uh, I mean, if you're in space, you're you're second away from dying at any point. Why why stress yourself out more? What am I firing off? What's going into the sun? Um, I, that's you know, it's it's pretty easy. Um, 
fucking rings of power. Uh, goddamn gym fire is as good as gone. And that Super Nintendo Prince of Persia is is fucked also. Um, wow, that's a surprise one. Uh, I've, I've got a long history with that game, and it, it would be nice if we could just we could put it to an end. Um, but no, Jim Fire, Rings of Power, that original Prince of Persia, which I cannot stand. Uh, I'm sparing Pac-Man, though, so, you know, you guys are welcome. That's a classic. You can't get rid of Pac-Man, although I'm probably going to throw one out that everyone's like, what are you talking about? Uh, as far as the, the three I go with, uh, based on my inability to play it, but my, how much I love it, if I had more time, I would play it. I would have to say uh, The Witcher 3 would have to come with me. Uh, I could play just The Witcher mm-hmm. 3, and I could play Gwent, and I would. It, I mean, it's like two games in one, oh, and that would be incredible. Uh, I'm assuming you can't pick like an MMO because you wouldn't have anyone else to play with, and so no one's going to want to play like War, World of Warcraft by themselves for a year. Uh, so well, I guess you could, but it doesn't sound very fun to me. But uh, I would, I'd probably pick a... I'm going to go with Final Fantasy XII uh, because that's the kind of game I do play over and over again and I like to spend a lot of time just doing those hunts and exploring. Uh, mm. And that, that's something if I didn't have you know anything else to do, I'd, I'd spend a ton of time on that. But then I'd also want something to mix with those two games. That yes, they have some action, but they're also you know a little more uh, exploratory and, and, and a lot of extra content. I want something that's just a streamlined blast fest, so I'd have to go with Metal Slug 3. I can play Metal Slug 3 over and over and over again, and I'll never, ever beat it on one token. But if I was stuck in space for a year, maybe I'd get good enough at it where I could. So those are the three games I bring. Witcher 3, Metal Slug 3, and, uh, and Final Fantasy 12. As far as games I shoot into space, uh, Final Fantasy 8, even though I've played it now way too many times, I own it like eight times, I would shoot that into space, meaning no one could ever play it again, uh, which is actually makes a lot of sense for the story of the game. I'd go with that. Um, I don't know. It's tough to find two other games that are so bad that I'd launch them into space. Um, there's a D&D game, uh, Heroes of the Lance, that I played a ton of on Amiga that was not good, and I know there's an NAS version that's somehow worse, so let's throw that on there, and Paperboy, throwing every copy of Paperboy into space. Man, I hate Paperboy. Uh, I would have to say The Witcher 3 as well, uh, just the sheer amount that I played it on here, and I don't know if you guys have played the the new uh, next gen version that they did for the PS5 and Xbox One and PC, but man, it's it's gorgeous. And as soon as I turned that back on, I was like, you know what? I could probably put another 180 hours into this, but then I had to. You know, I just I got to stop. I can't I can't play The Witcher Three anymore unless I'm uh, in we, space. We we uh, almost lost you the first. I, time. I knew it was it was a rough what seven or eight months there and. No one was was better for it. Really, it just went on and on. But uh, I'm I'm gonna go with with the MMO option. Let's just say I'm, I think there is internet in space at this point. I don't know, but let's let's just say there is. And um, I I would I love playing MMOs by myself. And Final Fantasy XIV would be that MMO because that's exactly how I played the entirety of that game, except for the parts that I had to, you know, party with people. But, God, I can't really... Uh, I guess for a third one, it would be something that I could just pop in and play for, like, you know, five or ten minutes, uh, the NES Contra, and just try to perfect my speed run of that game. So that that's always something that, that I enjoy doing when I don't have too much time, just like, all right, five minutes... Contra time. 
As far as the, the games that I would wish out of existence, that's that's harder. Um, Final Fantasy thirteen, all of them, <laughs> every fucking one of them. Jeez, um, that that fighting game that Billy uh, recommended for fighting game month, Doomsday no, Warrior. Doomsday Warrior. <laughs> yeah, Doomsday Warrior. That one's gone. That one gets blasted out of the engine first thing. Wow. And. Uh, God, I'd I'd probably go with Rings of Power too. That was offensively bad <laughs> for something that was <laughs> that was covered on here. I I don't really have too many other games. I'd be like, God, just get that out of here. It wasn't that bad. Oh gosh, I, it was just very PC, very very <laughs> old PC, a very eighties eighties PC. It was, and we have mentioned very many times before that that is not my kind of game. Um. Yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. But yeah, thanks, uh, Phil McCracken. I think I've caught up on all your damn questions. So you should be good at this point. And uh, let's see, what what else have we got here? All right, and our final question of the night is going to be from Super Robio. And he's wanting to talk about game franchises and his username. Hello, dudes. Second time writing. My username is pronounced the same as Super Mario, but Super Robio. Just saying, just wanting you to know, just wanting us to know. Uh, moving forward, what are each of your favorite video game franchises? Love the show. Thanks for all the excellent listening. Oh, that's uh, I hate to just come through with a, a, a very basic answer. And, and I've tried to think of a, a few different ones, and I think they all kind of fall under that. Um, I, my just my all-time favorite franchise is the, the Legend of Zelda franchise. And you know, I, I wish I could could conjure up a deeper cut than that or something that, you know, the majority of people that have been playing all this time would, would tell you. But I, it's, it's just a franchise that is almost all hits, at least with me and and a few misses. There are a few misses you could, you know. Uh, we didn't even have we didn't have any more room on the on the, the rocket ship, so I couldn't cast uh, those DS Zelda games off into the sun. Oh, also, I about that. I um, but aside from that, uh, it's just a franchise where I I absolutely love the large majority of the games. Have played through them all many times over. Will continue to do so. Um, so yeah, I, I, at the end of the day, I'm going to have to go real basic with my answer. The Silent Hill franchise is very close. Um, the only thing stopping it is it, it does have several more rough entries there um, than Zelda. Uh, I, I still find some charm in them. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, mm, end of the day, I've, I've got to go Zelda. And, and I know a lot of people probably do. And that's, it's honestly for good reason. While I will say that lately all I put is a lot of Pikmin. Uh, my favorite franchise of all time. If I, I mean, just thinking back, and and even though there are some real turds in that in that uh, in that series later on, but from the start it was one of the first NES games I ever had. The Castlevania series. It's a guarantee I'll try it. It's a guarantee I'll probably like it, even if it's bad. But uh, like and like, I mean, Castlevania sixty four. A lot of people said, "Oh, it's a terrible game." I've grown to love it. Uh, but but any of the two D Castlevanias are guaranteed hits. So I mean. I play more of the, the first three Castlevanias uh, and when I'm bored, I don't know what else to do. I'll just turn them on and I'll play those for until I die. I'll just try to see how far I can get in, in Castlevania one and three uh, before I have to continue. So I, I love those games. Castlevania is easily my favorite series. 
I guess I, I got a few myself. I mean, Castlevania and Contra is, is way they're they're up there. Like those are two of my favorite franchises ever. But I the one that means the most to me, and I guess the one that that I played the most is is always going to be Street Fighter Two. Like that is uh, that is my franchise, and it it taught me how to play fighting games, and it's been a lifelong love since. So that's uh, I'm gonna go with that one. If I was gonna go with my heart and and mention a game that was gone before its time, I would probably just have to say General Chaos at this point. Uh, <laughs> the all time. Look forward to our next Patreon tier, <laughs> where I send out pictures of me rubbing my toes all over a General Chaos box, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that's that's just how much it means to me. So good God. Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks everyone for writing in. Again, if you want to do this and have us answer your questions, head on over to Retrovania.net. It is actually being updated again. And just scroll all the way down to the bottom, check out that contact form, throw in some random words, and hit the send button. And through the magic of the internet, it will end up here, probably being read by me. So, yeah, thanks everyone for writing in. And uh, we'll, I'll, I'll check you out next time. And our next episode, probably the next couple episodes, are more patron-requested episodes. So again, if you want to force us to cover your game, the best way to do that is by joining our Patreon and forcing us to cover it just like uh, Divine Hobbit did this week for Pokemon Snap. Hopefully you're just as nice as he was. And we'll see you then. what that's the end of the show after the music fades out that's what comes on